Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. This week, Benetton were predicted a 24-point win, but in the end had to dig in deep to avoid a shock defeat at Manigo. While Zabre didn't take away any points, but put in a really solid performance against last year's finalists. Welcome back. I'm Ellie. I'm Eddie. I'm Coach. My light's gone off. Yes, now you're in the dark. Fuck it. I turn the fan on and my light goes off. (laughs) The fuck? Coach is sorting out his bedroom. He often looks like a Caravaggio when we have to record. And now he's completely in the dark. And considering he was just talking about dropping his knife, it's all a bit of a horror scene. I think it was an axe, (laughs) which he calls a trinket. Actually, while he's looking for his light, he, he said before we started recording, I think we should run a poll because you would be surprised. He thinks that over 50% of people sleep with an axe by their bed. It's for personal protection. My brother has a sword. Okay. I have a sword in the spare room. It's not really a sword. I mean, it's a, a sword is a strong word for it. It's like a... It's a ceremonial sword, but it's very pointy. Very pointy, yes. But it's not near your bed. It's not there for protection. No, but it's between me and the front door. So if someone came in, I know exactly where that sword is. But I think I've got to say it's in, within arm's reach, otherwise they can do you. Yeah, it's not within arm's reach. But I don't know what I would do if I picked up a sword. But hopefully <laughs> just seeing me with a sword is enough. Coach, have you thought about what you'd do with your axe by the bed? Yeah, that's why I went for a small a small axe. It's more of a hatchet. It's more for like what you bring on a boat. Cut bring the, on cut the lines. What, all those violent cruise liners? <laughs> no, to cut the lines in an emergency in case you lose your mast. Um, Coach is an ex-sailor. Coach used to go sailing around Barcelona. I did. Nearly bought a boat. Until COVID happened. Then lockdown happened. Ruined everything. Now I live in Birmingham. (laughs) Right, welcome back, guys. Um, We've got quite a bit to talk about, two games, but Eddie's refusing to do the 80 minutes in two minutes because he wasn't inspired enough um, by Benetton this weekend. Well, wasn't inspired by the game. They dug out a good win. There's lots of good stuff there. But it's not getting an 80 minutes in two minutes. Fine. They got the result. But yes, the game was... Coach, what did you think of the game? I thought England put in a very good performance. Um, Sorry. (laughs) That was Benetton, wasn't it? Benetton were playing. (laughs) It was not England. But But they were playing like England. They played like England. They kicked like England. They passed like England. They attacked like England. And for about... A lot of the game, let's be honest, 80 90 percent of it, I actually phased out a little bit because I was like, oh, this is, I've seen this before. I, yeah. I don't know why I've seen this before. And it wasn't until Eddie WhatsApped us um, until I realised why I felt like I'd seen this before. And it was because we just watched England play. Yeah. Hmm. Brian Moore wouldn't have liked it. It was just kicking. Even the commentators were like, it's very kick-heavy, this game. Lots of kicks today. Even they were bored. Um <laughs> But they got the win, and that's all that matters, let's be honest. They did. Benetton beat Ospreys. Uh, a young Ospreys side, as they kept saying on the, uh, <laughs> on the commentary. But, and Benetton were predicted a big win, and I thought I was going to sit there and relax yeah. and watch a cricket score. It's not how the game turned out. It was rainy, horrible conditions, and Benetton snuck 
a solid win coming from behind to take the win. So that's good. Benetton in the last 20 games, this is the stats I heard from the commentary, so I haven't checked them because I'm lazy. But including that game, in the last 20 games at Stadio Manigo, Benetton have won 16, drawn one, and lost three. That's a great start. Not quite Glasgow record, but we're talking very, very, very good home wins and the ability to sort of drive out a home win is super important. And I don't know, it was uh, watching the game. I mean, when it got to sort of 60 minutes and Ospreys were ahead, you're kind of like, oh gosh, are they really going to throw this away? And let's look at the positives in seasons gone past, most notably and most memorably last season, they would have, could have lost that. Um, but there was just, I feel like there's a different feeling this year. And I was like, well, no, they won't lose this game, but they're making serious hard work of it. Well, they made good decisions towards the end. Controversial, difficult decisions, captain's decisions to take three points when they needed, when they were over a try behind True. and the clock was running down. Yeah, it was good, but not a thing of beauty. It's interesting because it couldn't be further from a Kieran Crowley mm. performance. Obviously, he hasn't been the head coach of Italy for two seasons now, or Benetton for two seasons now. But it's the opposite of how he likes to see rugby. No, it, it, for me, and I've never been quiet about my feelings watching England play, it, it kind of worries me because I really don't enjoy watching teams like England play rugby. I find it really dull. Um, but that doesn't mean that they aren't good and England are dull, but they win. Yeah, but also the attack hopefully will find itself a little bit more. They keep winning. The attack hasn't clicked. When it does click, hopefully they'll win the games and play exciting rugby. But yeah, it was nice in the past when, I don't know, what would I prefer? Would I prefer Benetton to win all the games like they're currently doing? They've only lost one so far, but not in a particularly exciting fashion. Or do what they used to do, which was lose quite a few dramatically, <laughs> win quite a few dramatically, and they could just score tries for fun. Yeah. What would you prefer, coach, as a coach? I like to go there for the flair. So you want the Benetton of old? Yeah, I mean, as much as I do like winning, it it didn't feel like a win. It felt like a draw, if you know what I mean. Mm. It didn't I feel mean, like a win. I used to feel uh, really lucky watching Benetton and thinking, oh, my team plays such exciting rugby. Imagine supporting one of those teams that plays boring rugby. That would suck. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's um, still early days. Yeah. We can't get ahead of ourselves and just sort of think that this is how they're going to play. It just feels like at the minute, the attack most certainly hasn't kicked into gear um is that a play on words are you trying to be funny no it wasn't it was just what came out of my mouth kicked but into gear get it get it get it <laughs> final score benetton 18 ospreys 13 and you know what we were the bkturc predictor expected a 24 point win for benetton i think we all did the, the thing the commentators said and i wrote it down because i couldn't agree more with the quote if you don't pull clear of teams it doesn't matter who you're playing and that's it we thought okay we can sit back and actually you know the the, the urc is not an easy league there's everyone will put in a decent game um on on any day you never know what to expect they're all 
decent-ish side. So there's no gimmies. But as far as the gimme goes in the URC, this was a relatively comfortable one. Ospreys, a very young Ospreys team at home in Manigo. Come on, like, that's one that you expect five points from. It didn't happen. But they still got four points. Yeah, but Ospreys got a point. Benetton conceded three penalties. Ospreys conceded five. Both kicked over a kilometre. Uh, Benetton missed 22 tackles. Ospreys missed 15. Uh, Benetton made 125 tackles. Ospreys made 162. Possession was 55-45. Nah. The stats don't read for a particularly exciting game of rugby. <laughs> Conceding three penalties is impressive. That is impressive. The thing that I think we should mention, and we spend a lot of time talking about the Welsh, but let's mention them in a very positive light. What a great performance from an Ospreys team that essentially Eddie at the end was like, well, we beat the under 20s of Ospreys. <laughs> That's, I mean, essentially, like, if well, you're going to yeah. dumb it, if you're going to dumb it down, Benetton sneak a win against the Ospreys under 20s is kind of what we were looking at. I and, said under 21s. Sorry, under 21s. Because I'm old school. Yeah. What a great game from them. They celebrated their try on, in that 60th minute like they'd won the World Cup. Good for them. Good for them. I was so angry at Benetton. I was like, but equally you can't, no, I can't be angry. I can't be disappointed. I can only feel joy for this Ospreys team who have come here expecting a bit of a hammering and have come out all guns blazing, in it till the very end. That game could have gone either way, basically up until the end. Yeah, but the way Benetton pulled it back was the opposite of what they'd done recently. They were behind by a fair bit, but then, because Osprey scored in 60 minutes, but then they kicked a penalty in 64 minutes, kicked a penalty 68 minutes, and then scored a try in 76th minute so the last three scores of the game were all Benetton so they accelerated towards that 80 minute mark and they finished classy that's a classy way to finish you know to take a win like that yeah no I wrote non-first half the first half was a non-event and then yeah towards the end of the second it came together a couple of for me notable people Rutzer was on fire in the lineout. I thought. He had a fire of a game. And then another notable mention, I think, the guy who decided to run onto the pitch and celebrate Derez try at the end. Complete random. Completely random, dude. We put out feelers to find out who it was, and one of our, our listeners wrote in to say who was... this chap was or who he thinks he is. <laughs> he was at the game. He was at the game. He was in the stands. At half time. he went to the bar. He had... Ordered about seven beers, which takes a long time. <laughs> Apparently then... <laughs> caused a massive queue in hospitality, which is not what you want. But this guy had been sat in front of uh, one of our listeners for, for, what, the first half of the game? Yeah. And then in the second half, he wasn't in his seat. <laughs> and then suddenly, towards the end, Benetton score and he's on the pitch. <laughs> and Ricardo, who wrote to us, was like, yeah, I uh, saw so him at the halftime hospitality. He was in front of me at the counter ordering something like seven beers, caused the formation of a massive queue. Then in the second half, he didn't return to his seat. Now I see where he was. I like Jacob gave him like a, a hair ruffle. Well, that's why I thought he might be the social media guy who is allowed up close to the pitch, as I know myself from previous experience <laughs> that they can let you that close to the pitch <laughs> foolishly. So I thought, oh, he must be the social media guy. And- 
Jake, you know, Jacob knows him because he gave him one a nice of the little... Carbo guys said that he might be a physio. Who knows? Uh, Who knows? All we know is he was on the lash. He could have been the physios. They were rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> not the physios, medics. Oh yeah, not the physios, not the Benetton physios. Do a sterling Fine. job. Stella. You mean the? Um, we mean we mean the guys from the hospital that took the about ambulance. twenty minutes to put that poor Welsh guy on on the trolley. Which for what yeah. looked like a possibly broken ankle. Yeah. Yeah, he fell on it awkwardly, but they they fortunately put him on a plastic spine thingy. They made a big deal. Which didn't look comfortable on the grass, but then they decided to move the plastic stretcher onto a comfier stretcher. But not remove the plastic stretcher. No, they so had the plastic, the, the solid plastic stretcher on top of a mattress. <laughs> yeah. So it did nothing. They could have just carried him off. I don't know if I'm going nuts, but I've rolled my ankle many times, fractured it, etc. I've never needed gas. So was that, do you think he requested that? Oh, or was that gas? Were going oh, I, thought it, yeah, yeah, I thought it was an energy gel. No, no, it was oxygen and gas, which means he's probably really oh, badly yeah. hurt his ankle. Or do you think they were just over the top, like, hey, have some gas? I don't think so. No. I think it means he's really hurt himself. Okay. You think he doesn't know? You think he... <laughs> I don't know. I'd be like, well, I'm done the for the guy's a professional hockey player. This won't be the first time he's hurt his ankle. If he's, sure. if he's, if he's sucking down <laughs> oxygen and gas... Yeah, but he's probably like, well, my game's up. I may as well take a hit. I don't get high on the oxygen. <laughs> high on his own supply, that man. The medics took their work very seriously. They spent about 20 minutes trying to get this guy off the pitch with what I think could have been a very easy, like, hobble him off. Well, your medical expertise. It wasn't explained clearly enough to us as a viewer. What? Yeah, to me, it looked like he'd rolled his ankle. Well, he clearly was a bit more than that. I mean, (laughs) he was hit in the air by a rhino, but it wasn't a dangerous hit, but it obviously put him off balance. Yeah, so and you he landed his ankle. badly. Yeah, yeah, but when you roll your ankle, you can snap your ankle. There's ligaments, there's bones, there's yeah, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Just because you've twisted your ankle <laughs> doesn't mean that this guy had exactly the same thing that what you had. <laughs> right, I'm just going to read you a quote, getting us back on task. This is from Sam Lana on Twitter. I'm not calling it X. I'll call it Twitter, but it's also X. It says. One of the things I am keen to do is separate the idea of pragmatism and dullness. The way Benetton play isn't dull, but it's pragmatic. They don't want to overplay and they don't want to waste energy going through endless phases. Just kick and offload the pressure. I guess that's kind of what they did, but I would say it pragmatic can be boring. It's definitely not entertaining, really. You know, you've got a it's rugby is an entertainment business. Yeah. And that's a Kieran Crowley classic quote. Nobody goes, oh, I went to see a show last night. It was so fun and pragmatic, like pragmatic in itself means by the book dull. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and just say that they're just trying this this pragmatism out because obviously in the World Cup, not the and the World Cup and, and the Six Nations prior, there was that quote constantly going out about Italy playing everything from everywhere, and maybe they they're trying to look at that. And in result, the attack falls back a little bit and they are more pragmatic and they're very much more patient. I think that might be the smartest thing coach has ever said. I think that's a really good point because we did, we have, you know, what's the quote? Time is um, your best friend. No. Oh, fuck. What is the quote about like forgetting things? Ironic. That's ironic. (laughs) I don't know. But yes, that's exactly right. I would also add 
that the pragmatism comes from knowing how to win a game. And if your attack isn't singing, then knowing how to kick, to offload the pressure, to put them under pressure, yeah. to put them in places where it's hard for them to score from, that does yourselves a huge favour. So, yeah, I would rather that their attack just tore everyone open. But if that's not going to happen, I'd rather that they find a way to win. And that's what they're doing. And as Coach has said, I, I think that was a really good point. We've spent so long going, oh, yeah, Banneton or Italy, uh, you know, their attack is so, so exciting, but they need to sort out the defence. And the defence is at Benetton now seemingly really coming together. They missed a couple of moments in that game. But apart from that, maybe they've gone backwards and gone, right, let's start from what we need to work on. And then once we've got that down, let's click back into where our attack was last season. I don't know. I, I do miss Rhino. Well, he came over. She did a few good runs. He was belting it down the wing. And I don't know. He did. Some of it was a bit quiet. scrappy, though. But what happened look, when it I clicks, know. it's going to click. He's a magician. He's an absolute magician. He normally plays rugby with a smile on his face. So we just got to wait, yeah. wait for that smile to return and for him to do the magic, which he can do because he's electric. But yeah, I think there we are. That's nothing else to say for the Benetton game. It wasn't the most exciting game of rugby. Benetton took a win. And then this weekend coming up, they're playing the same team again. <laughs> well, not the same, the same team. The same club, same team. Probably not the same players. Different players. Um, even though if I were the Ospreys coach, I'd be like, all of you deserve to start again next week because they were all superb, apart from the guy who obviously won't be starting next week, who was on the gas. They said at the end, the commentator said, they seldom do things the easy way. They only have Treviso, but the hard way is still the winning way. That's it. It's a metaphor for life. It's a metaphor for life. The hard way is still the winning way, coach. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm sure Ospreys are going to give us a more adult team since they love to remind us that it's such a young Osprey side. They're just babies. Yeah, but then they would say, like, people online were saying, oh, you know, Osprey should win next week because they'll have their first 15, and that was Benetton's first 15. And it's like, yeah, well, Benetton's first 15 there didn't play particularly well. Obviously, some of that's from the pressure that Ospreys are putting on them, the weather conditions. But also, who is Benetton's first 15? As we've said before, yeah. you, know, you could say that's their first 15, but that's also their first 15 without Nicola Canone. That's mm. their first 15 without Sebastian Negri. That's their first 15 without... Rex. Oh, yeah. Anthony Watson. Menoncello. Menoncello. There's like, yeah. you know, they've got so many quality players that I don't think you could actually call that their first 15. Not this early in the season. I mean, Isikor's doing some brilliant stuff. Mm. He really is. But if you were picking, if you were in the Challenge Cup final... Would you pick him? Would he be playing? Yeah. So they've got more to give. They can put out a better team than that. No, I agree. It's going to be a good game. I love Duvenaga. Duvenage. Duvenaga. I think he's great. Which is it? He's been there long enough that we really should know. Yeah. Captain on the coaching <laughs> staff. <laughs> but I think Uren's done a great job. But every time Duvenaga comes on, I just like sigh, uh, like a, a relaxed sigh. The, the man understands rugby. He, he also injects a little bit more pace into the game, I think, than Uren sometimes. And Urin's been great, don't get me wrong. I really think he's he's very, very good. I think he's added maybe that kind of winning mentality to games that we didn't have last season. I don't know what it is, but it does feel like this season, even if we're playing like shit, we push through and we win. Whereas last season, guys, I'm going to bring us back to last season. Do you remember how many games we went up by like 20 points and then still managed to lose? 
Mm. That doesn't feel like a Benetton. Like that feels almost unrecognizable this season. Imagine going up 20 points, like to begin with, we aren't scoring 20 points. Benetton, I revert back to the table. Benetton are up there in sixth position and are the only team with zero bonus points. Everyone else, in fact, the bottom of the league is Dragons. Dragons have two bonus points and they're at the bottom. We have zero bonus points. But are they losing bonus points? or We can only count the four try bonus points. That is true. Someone did make the point on our, on our Instagram that the only issue that Benetton kind of have now is that every time they win games the way that they're winning them at the minute, just by sneaking a win like that when they should be winning a five-point game, it's almost like they've only come away with three points. Because if you give everyone a losing bonus point, you haven't come away with four, you've come away with three which was a little, I had a moment, a light bulb moment there, like, oh shit, yeah. It's about winning, it's about getting into the playoff, and they're on track to do that. Absolutely. But yes, going back to my point, is it urine that's injected this sense of, even if we're not playing our best, we're still going to win this game, we grind it out, we stay focused, head in the game, see it out? Possibly, because it wasn't there last year, so I don't know what's changed. It could be him, but if I had to put my finger on it being someone, I'd probably lend it more to... Um... Fekatoa. I mean, Urin came from Bristol. Bristol aren't exactly like world champions, whereas Fekatoa literally is a world champion. Mm. And he won this competition last year with Munster. So he wins all sorts and he plays with a smile on his face. And I reckon that if anyone in that camp is putting off that winning mentality onto mm. people, it's, it's going to be Fekatoa. He did play well. He played very well. I love the way he plays. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. He plays, he kind of reminds me, oh. He reminds me a bit of Monty. Monty would always play with a smile. Bram Stain would always play with a smile. Sharif. Sharif. It makes me so sad when we're in Treviso and I think, where's Stain? Yeah. Bram should be here. I think he's in Dubai. Well, wherever he is, I hope he's living his best life. And I'm sure he is. He's such a positive guy. Shout out to you. Living your best life. We love you, Bram Stain. <laughs> if it was up to me, they'd build a statue of you in the, <laughs> in the town square. And also, he only got 98 caps. He never got to 100. I and I think that is criminal. That is criminal. There must have been a reason like that. I don't know. It can't have been that they were like, no, you're not getting them. I remember chatting to Eduardo Gori, who had 101 caps. <laughs> and he was basically like begging. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, I'm not leaving this club. <laughs> Until I've got. <laughs> like, he was like 98, 99 caps. And he's like, you need to give me that 100th cap. <laughs> Or I am going to kick off. And then, <laughs> and then he there, came back. And then there he was in his hat, 101 on it proudly. <laughs> Shout out to him. Shout out to him and his 69 uh, Italian caps, which also he's very happy with that one too. So. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't push for 70. No, he was happy with 69. He's specifically happy oh, with 69. Oh, I see. Very well. He's now a chef. Well, as in he's obviously still playing some rugby, I think. But he's in Fodi Yeah. And he's um he's got a, an Instagram that's called Ciao Belli, where he makes pizza and pasta and stuff. It looks all very good food. Teaching French people how to cook Italian food. Good for him. Moving on. Shall we look at Zebre? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so unlike Benetton, I thought Zebre were just really good. They lost, but they looked great. Yeah, this is kind of like one of those things that happened a couple of years ago with Italy. We're like, oh yeah, they lost, but didn't they look good? Which is annoying when you have to say it too much. Yeah. And I was expecting, or I was hoping more that Zebre Palmer would go to South Africa and come out with some points. Yeah. They had their opportunity to get points in the first game and they didn't take them. 
this one they didn't really have an opportunity to take any points but bloody hell stormers knew they were in a game so stormers obviously won the first urc championship they were finalists last year zebra palmer going down there stormers had three or four world cup winners as in people that won the world cup last month in their team uh williams in the in the center scored two he's a world cup winner Lebok. and he set up uh, a third try i think as well with a kick through but zebra palmer bloody hell were they good mm. i mean half time score they went in 12 points to seven yeah that's bloody impressive Stormers only got their fourth try 70 minutes into the game. That was a great, great holdout from Zebra. Their defence was decent. To go there and concede 31 points, that's, I think, I would call that an industry standard. I think their defence was probably a bit more than decent. I mean, they kept them out, but obviously they they got tries against them, but it, they were relentless. The Stormers were just relentless. and They just defended the whole time. They were. And, yeah. And every think... time Stormers got a penalty, they put it in the corner. Yeah. So and they, yeah. and they kept those out. They held those out. Granted, some of them were. I did remember thinking, "Gosh, Stormers are really throwing a lot away here as well." But I think that that's a combination of also being under pressure and doing silly things that means that you drop the ball or you mess it up. Sure, but Zebra Palmer also had opportunities, and they they messed them up. But yeah, all in all, that's a game that objectively there's a lot to take from that they can really keep their heads held high the defense compared to last game is night and day oh yeah yeah they just walk through him and now this time it's like a proper wall so i hope their attack catches up to it next week well it was the opening passage of play where stormers had over 10 phases inside zebra palmer's 22 and then was it uh, Fox Massimo? I think it might have been him, the number eight. Anyway, yeah. Zebra Palmer turned the ball over on their own try line after defending over 10 phases in the red zone and then turned the ball over against the Stormers. That's such a signal of intent. I think Zebra Palmer are looking really good. I do. I hope they can keep going and keep improving, and I'm sure they will. They've got Cheetahs coming up next week. They've beaten the Cheetahs before. That's in the Challenge Cup. I think they can beat the Cheetahs again. So they can beat them. That means they'll be, go three games without being beaten in uh-huh. Parma in a row. That suddenly becomes very impressive. Then they're away at, I don't know how to say it, Oyonnax, Oyonnax, French club. Mm-hmm. Oyonnax. They can beat them potentially, not easy. But then they're at home against Benetton. Hmm. And the derbies this year are suddenly, they've got a, a bit of spice to them, haven't they? It's so hard, isn't it? Because you really want to, you want both of them to do well. You just, I, I guess the only, what we can hope for is that Benetton come away with five points and Zebra come away with two. Well, Zebra, if Zebra get four tries and a losing bonus point in each one of the derbies, they can leave with four points in total. And Benetton can no, that's what ten. I mean, in each game. Yeah, but I think I'm just happy to sit back and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing to note, Simone Jesse. Simone. Simone. Simone Jesse. Someone pulled off his scrum cap, and without his scrum cap, he looks like a model. <laughs> the transformation, that scrum cap is doing him no favours. As soon as that dude pulled it off, it's like, man, look at this guy, a poster boy. Yeah, but that's why he's wearing a scrum cap, so he can continue looking like a poster boy. Mm. Yeah, I guess. He doesn't wear the scrum cap outside of work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> <laughs>
not going to bars in a scrum cap. Talking about um, fashion, I thought that the ref's outfit was doing him no favours. That sort of lime green and purple on that pasty white skin was just awful, awful. No, neither of you have anything to say about it. I agree. And it's also very similar to Zebra's away kit. So for two weeks, it's sometimes in the corner. I'm like, well, is that a player? Is that the ref? I mean, no, I see pasty white skin on lime green. and It's just awful. And even, I mean, it's just an awful colour combo regardless, but it really does very, very white skin, no favours. It's not nice. Away from the fashion, Stormers, that ground in Stellenbosch, it's like heaven. Yeah. It's like paradise. Yeah. It's like playing in Jurassic Park. I've never seen a place look like that, and like a rugby ground. That The, the background, mm. the, the the mountains, the fields. Yeah, it was stunning. And I kind of think, oh, how much lovelier. Because a lot of these South African stadiums are really cool and they've got like water parks and bouncy castles for kids and whatever, but they're massive. Like Empty. They just come across completely, completely empty. empty the whereas game. this looked super cool and stunning, but also just a sizable club rugby game that looked busy which was great to see it was and it was packed but because it was a smaller stadium yeah no it was good it did look beautiful yeah maybe we should go there maybe, maybe we, we should, should go there, go there. why not way. oh it's a lot of money coach and <laughs> it's lifestyle it's not cheap it's lifestyle. It's hobbies getting out of hand <laughs> right i think i want to say fischetti and anyone listening to this confirm or deny I think Fischetti is Faf Leclerc. Faf Leclerc? He's not the Formula One driver. Charles Leclerc. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I, I don't want to talk about Charles Leclerc. I want to talk about Faf. Faf de Klerk. Faf de Klerk? Yeah, Faf de Klerk. It's Faf. Not to be confused with the Ferrari Formula One driver. Faf de Klerk, the two-time World Cup winning South African scrum half, is Fischetti. They are the same person. Eddie was like, he's like... A chubby, tanned Faf de Klerk. I didn't call him chubby. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did because I've got quiet marks here. I did not call him in chubby. Fact, no, I would you not said... call someone chubby. <laughs> Fischetti is a scrum half in a props body, is what Eddie said. That's very different to calling someone <laughs> chubby because it's an athlete's body. It's an athlete's body. <laughs> a big boned. He does all the chat. He's getting under people's skin. Yeah, he when does. stuff doesn't go his way, which happens, not un... it's not uncommon for penalties to go against him. He's sort of got that smile and that sort of like, he's, he's, he is just Faf de Klerk. He is a scrum half born in a props body. Change my mind. Well, change my mind. <laughs> yeah, we'll put one of those up there. Yeah, yeah. Change my mind, what? And then you've got to have a clip of him like mouthing off, like yapping like a little dog. It's because he's smaller than your average prop, I think is probably why you think it as well. Because he has got like sort of small prop syndrome. Okay. Fine. You started Small this. Small prop syndrome. Like, he's the smallest of the props. Yeah, because he's tough. Yeah. Yappy. He is yappy. Like a yeah, scrum half. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the other... I, I want to just do one quick shout-out from that game. I thought Fusco was superb. Really on fire. Had an incredible game in attack, in defence. Ah, oh, he did some... In defence. At the beginning of the second half, he makes this great tackle to stop a really strong Stormers attack at the beginning of the second half, followed by a dummy run on his exit to get the ball back out of their half. It was just 
fantastic. And that was just one moment of the many moments. Eddie was really impressed because he did some cool pass out of a retreating scrum and he was like, that's really hard to do. Yeah, he did a sort of Matt Dawson pass. No, I just like it. It's when you're passing, when the scrum half is putting too much pressure on you and you're trying to pass right to left, but you don't want them to spoil you. So you put your left foot in, put your back to them and you pass it off the other hand. And that's actually quite tough to do to get your feet in the right place. And it's a very Matt Dawson move. And he did it. And I was like, oh, that's so old school. I like that. He was great. I thought he had a fantastic game. He still tries to intercept the ball with his foot up all the time, though. Yeah. Whenever (laughs) someone's passing, he tries to spoil it with his foot. And I'm still not sure what the legality of that is. (laughs) Well, if he's never been pulled up on it. Pretty sure he has. I'm pretty oh, sure has I've he? seen it. I don't know. He keeps doing it. So I don't know. It, there's a saying in theatre that's like, just until you get a note, go big. Like keep doing it, and it's basically that. Until you get told off by the ref, keep doing it. Yeah. Well, I taught him how to pass. There you go. I've got footage of me showing him how to pass. It's hidden. It's hidden in the archives. In the archives. Somehow we're not sharing it. <laughs> One day we'll get that footage. It will see the light of day. But yes, yeah, Storm of Zebra. The final score: thirty-one-seven. I think not reflective of the quality that we saw from Zebre. But they've gone to South Africa. They've got some two really tough games out of the way. Now they're going back home. I have high hopes. Yeah. But also, I don't think it looks like a... I think 31-7 in itself in those circumstances is not an unrespectable score. It's not a drubbing. That's not a smashing. That's not an embarrassment. Everyone goes to South Africa and everyone loses. That's the way it works. And I think 31-7, to concede 31 points, that's not a smashing. I agree. And also the stats. In that game, unlike the Benetton game, when they kicked half as much, DHL Stormers had 61% of the possession and 66% of the territory. So Zebra Palmer up against it. Yeah. They did miss 40 tackles. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, moving on, moving on. What made Coach Mad this week? Your expensive friends. (laughs) (laughs) I secretly love it. No, I I like, I, I actually secretly love it. It's just, obviously... Saving is, is becoming hard with uh, <laughs> our media appearances and my flight locations. It's not our fault you're so picky with your flights. That's true. It is an expensive lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say why it's slow, it's slowing other progress there, but... Uh, there are things Coach <laughs> wants to do that, <laughs> unfortunately... That need money. <laughs> <laughs> that I am spending on spritzes and watching scrums. <laughs> And I do love it, and I am constantly reminded by other people that. Are you resigning? What we, what we do. Sounds no, like no. It sounds like the beginning of a resignation. No. I'm left turning. And for turning. that reason, with a heavy heart, it's time for me to say goodbye. No, I'm left turning. I'm doubling down. I'm going to get a five star, five star hotel. I'm going to go to the forum, and I'm going for a suite. Because fuck it. If I'm going to do it, let's just do it. Right, if we're going to make memories, let's make some fucking memories. But you don't have to stay at the forum. You could stay at Ellie's place no. in Rome. No, 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 no
and let's do it. I'm I'm riding and dying. Also, don't you blame this on us because last time we went, we did we were together for two days. Which we give 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 context to this. It's, yeah, we're talking about we we went to Parma and we went to Treviso. We saw and we had a great time. We didn't make you do three nights in Rome, <laughs> two nights in Florence <laughs> on your own before you met us in Parma. That was entirely your decision. You've known me for a long time. I have no impulse control. <laughs> and you are you are enabling a part of my life that I'm trying to, to, to control. So I can't help but go big, because that's the type of guy I am. I don't do anything by halves. It's all or nothing. Ride or die, bitch. Ride or die. For context, we have this thing where we say to coach left turn, because coach will be like, guys, I just, I don't think I can come out. I'm not coming, like the 30th of December, the derby, he's like, guys, no, I'm, I, I've got to be with my family. I'm, I'm not coming out. And then he calls us up and he's like, left turn, guys, I'm coming. Let's do it. Let's make a month of it. <laughs> yeah, as of two days ago. <laughs> Let's do I Milan. Go- I wasn't going anywhere. And now I'm going Venice, Milan and Rome. <laughs> All in the space and all with hotels, all with flights. All with yeah, we ha- said you could stay parking. at my place in Rome. He's like, no, guys, guys, I've got no. to do it properly. No, I've got to do it. I'm committed. I've got, committed. To, I've got to explore. I've got to explore. Yeah, I, I love it, but it's, you know, it's not very responsible in any capacity, <laughs> given my current situation. When he says his current situation, he means his illegitimate children. <laughs> I do often look at my bank account after talking to you guys or planning anything and wondering, do I have three kids I don't know about? <laughs> where's my money gone? <laughs> do, I have a, do I have a second house that I'm unaware of? You've got a pied de terre. Yeah. Most people go through and they're like, oh, I've got to get rid of this Netflix subscription. <laughs> it's, a, it's a first world problem. Let's forget about it. Let's go book a hotel for New Year's Eve in Milan. <laughs> And that's what made Coach Mad this week. Um, one thing that we just really quickly didn't mention in the Zebra game, but it made you mad last week, was the um, breathing of the TMO. Did the breathing of the ref in the Zebra game make you mad, Coach? Yeah, they've clearly got an epidemic of perverts. <laughs> the breathing was very perverted just just move the mic away (laughs) however however despite the perverted breathing i thought a brilliant refereeing performance you're very good in the in in the stormers zebra game i don't think there was a single call which i even had any doubts about i thought he nailed everything credit to him he was running up and down that pitch you get out of breath understandable i mean i don't like we can't begrudge him breathing heavily he's running like the rest of the teams on the pitch are running it's not his fault they need to turn they're it not down. Mike. they exactly. need to turn it down yeah. he can't he doesn't know that he sounds like someone using their computer at 2 30 a.m in a dark room <laughs> no one else he doesn't know that but the people listening to it they know it yeah so. it's their responsibility it's the sound guy's responsibility to turn it down turn the game down when he's running up and down the pitch because it was um <laughs> it was intense sort it out speaking of referees some big news coming up. Oh, very good segue. Thank you. Andrea Piardi, 
the number one Italian referee who we've interviewed and chatted to on this very podcast. If you didn't listen to it, go back and listen. Has just been announced that he will be, well, he hasn't announced it himself. It has been announced <laughs> that he will be the first ever Italian referee to referee a men's Six Nations game. He will be taking the lead for Wales, Ireland in the 2024 Six Nations. Ireland, Wales. Ireland, Wales. In Ireland. At the Aviva. At the Aviva. That's massive. Huge. The first Italian referee to ref a Six Nations game. Massive, massive, massive. How exciting is that? I'm so pleased for him. Well and truly on the scene. He has arrived. He's made it. Do you think he's going to ref the um, the line outs if the feet aren't on the line? If he doesn't do it when he's actually touch judge, he's probably not going to do it when he's refereeing his first <laughs> Six Nations game. That would be such a call. <laughs> no, heel came off the line, number two. <laughs> what about the, um, the, 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 the scrum? feeding the ball not I straight i think he's probably gonna let that one slide as well <laughs> okay. i love his honesty maybe just don't look at it great interview if you didn't listen to it i really recommend it we interviewed him back in the late summer just before he was going off to take part in the rugby world cup so give it a listen anything else to add from abroad uh federico mori at bayon he's having a a purple patch yeah. and he's played four games in a row he was announced in the top 14 team of the week this week he did a sensational offload all at 12. i think they named him best center of the week mm -hmm. he's putting his hand up for italian selection there is an italian camp coming up as well for the players and the franchises to get them to know casada casada to know them for this new chapter in italian rugby but you know federico mori's been out in the coals for a while yeah Deservedly so, maybe, yeah. but we know at his best, he's well and truly up there for selection. That's and it, it looks like he's showing his best. So Good. let's hope he keeps doing that. He's still... Good, because I had high hopes for him and he let me down in, in recent months. So I'm glad he's back. We've just had news that uh, Ritzy, though, is leaving Zebre Palmer. So we wish him all the very best wherever he ends up. Maybe to somewhere in Syria. Uh, we don't know. Maybe he's moving up. But, you know, he wasn't getting much game time at Zebre, so maybe for the best. Good luck to him. A shame. He had, we thought he'd go far. I remember watching him, yeah. under 20s, being really excited by him. Yeah. He did some nice things at Benetton. And Coach was never a me mega fan, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> but we wish him but all we, the best. All the same. We wish him, you wish him the best, don't you, Coach? Of course. All the best. <laughs> you wish no... No harm on anyone. All the best. Apart from the people who break into your bedroom and you've got your axe ready. I'm a man of peace. <laughs> it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. He didn't come up um, by himself. No. It's very good, though. And on that note, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Like us, rate us five stars, do all the things. Please help us out. If you know anyone that you think would enjoy our podcast, please do send it to them. Send them our Instagram page. We're trying to pump that up as much as we can. And grazie mille. Berate your friends. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao a tutti.